Welcome back to the Stoicast with Max V. We have completed part one of our adventure into Stoicism. We're going through the Handbook for New Stoics by Massimo Peglucci and Gregory Lopez. How to Thrive in a World Out of Your Control, 52 Weekly Lessons. We are on week 18 this week. We have completed 17 weeks up until this point and completed part one, which is focusing on three disciplines of Stoicism. The first discipline that we focused on was the discipline of desire. Discipline of desire teaches us what is best to want and what is best to avoid. We're moving into the discipline of action, which is going to show us how to act in a social environment. Third aspect we'll be talking about will be the discipline of ascent and how to help us arrive at correct judgments about obstacles and the problems that life throws at us. I figured we'd start out uh, week 18 here with a little bit of a review from the first 17 weeks, talking about how Stoicism has changed some of my viewpoints and uh, changed the way I look at the world. The, the, the lens through which I look at the world is a little different now. The, the way I respond to the actions and uh, perturbations that confront me are different. Um, the first few weeks we talked about discovering what was in our control and what was not in our control. We talked about taking an outside view of things, looking at things from other people's perspectives. We talked about going through personal minor hardships to strengthen our composure and uh, build on our foundation of stoicism. We talked about premeditation of future adversity, you know, thinking about bad things happening in the future. We talked about uh, taking a broader perspective. We talked about meditating on nature and the cosmos. We talked about being grateful for what you've got and being careful about what you call good and bad. We talked a bit about uh, acting the opposite. We talked about moderation at meal times, making sure that our dietary needs are met, but our indulgences aren't. We talked about uh, putting temptations out of sight, practicing minimalism, evaluating our goals, reminding ourselves of impermanence, a lot more you know, negative, um, negative reflection on things, contemplating life and death and how to live. It was a heavy week, week 16, and then we finished off week 17 with meditating on others' virtues, thinking about the positive things about others and reflecting upon those, which is a, a great way to end the discipline of desire, talking about a lot of heavy stuff. Part two is going to start us off down the discipline of action road, and that road starts with a quote by Epictetus, the goal there are three things in which a man ought to exercise himself who would be wise and good. The second, the discipline of action, concerns the movements towards an object and the movements from an object, and generally in doing what a man ought to do, that he may act according to order, to reason, and not carelessly. The second topic concerns the duties of a man, for I ought not to be free from effects like a statue, but I ought to maintain the relations natural and acquired as a pious man, as a son, as a father, and as a citizen. Before we begin our journey into the discipline of action, we're going to take a moment to briefly rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 on the following items. 1 means it doesn't describe you at all. 10 means it describes you perfectly. 
we have three questions to go through here. We're going to start with question one. I tend to act impulsively on the basis of my initial urges without questioning them. Question two, I shy away from my responsibilities in life. And three, I can be selfish and don't care much about other people's well-being. Again, you're rating yourself on a scale of one to 10 on those three questions. This brings us to the start of week 18. Keep your peace of mind in mind. As we go about our day, our minds naturally turn toward accomplishing our goals. This can be useful in achieving those goals, but can also come at a cost. If all we think about is accomplishing the goal, we put our mental well-being in the hand of chance. This is what happened to Amara as she felt anger rising as she considered the guy using the squat rack for bicep curls. Her main goal was to get her squats in, and by chance, someone was using the equipment for something he didn't need it for. While curling in the squat rack is definitely bad gym etiquette, the Stoics would caution that anger isn't useful in this situation. How can we maintain our composure when coping with the frustrations we encounter while going about our day? Our week 18 quotation is by Epictetus. When you are about to take something in hand, remind yourself what manner of thing it is. If you are going to bathe, put before your mind what happens in the bath. Water pouring over someone, others being jostled, some reviling, others stealing, and you will set to work more securely if you say to yourself at once, I want to bathe, and I want to keep my will in harmony with nature. And so in each thing you do. For this way, if anything turns up to hinder you, you in your bathing, you will be ready to say, I did not want only to bathe, but to keep my will in harmony with nature, and so I shall not keep it if I lose my temper at what happens. This is the first exercise of the second discipline, action. In this section, we're going to focus on how Stoics behave in response to external situations, particularly when it comes to dealing with other people. But as you just read from Epictetus' responding to external situations still places heavy emphasis on our internal state. Here we find Epictetus at his best, clear, insightful, and even a bit poetic. We love the image of someone going out to do something, such as visiting the thermal baths or the gym, keeping in mind that we always have two objectives, to do what we set out to do, but to also keep our inner calm and what Epictetus refers to as harmony with the universe. We may or may not succeed at the first task since that is not entirely up to us, but we will definitely succeed at the second one so long as we don't let ourselves lose our temper at the first inconvenience. Another translation by Robert Dobbin of this piece from Epictetus is more funny than poetic, ending instead with, I cannot keep harmony with nature if I go to pieces every time someone splashes water upon me. The point is to reflect on what is likely to happen before it happens. We know, as a matter of experience with fellow human beings, that people will splash each other at the bath or violate gym etiquette. It is precisely this experiential knowledge of how people behave that we now turn our advantage in use of mental preparation of what might happen. As we discovered in week six, when practicing premeditatio malorium, mental preparation is crucial to maintaining our calm and not allowing predictable annoyances to disturb our serenity and our inner equilibrium. It's also significant in stoic physics, which admittedly sounds abstract, by knowing and accepting how the world is ahead of time, the world becomes less surprising and less frustrating when we actually face it. There are countless occasions on which this exercise is useful because we can rely on some person or other to behave improperly in pretty much every situation. Perhaps you're out in your car enjoying a nice drive with your family when someone cuts you off because that's the sort of thing he does. Or you take the subway and the person next to you mistaking the train car for her bathroom gingerly cuts her nails. Or you get the point, right? What to do. This week's exercise consists of three steps, 
one of which you're already familiar with, but there's a twist. In week six, you learn to premeditate on adversity. Now, in addition to reminding yourself of things that can go wrong, you'll set an intention to accept the things that go wrong. These intentions will help you cope with the possible adversities and help keep your calm. Step one, visualize a task you are likely to encounter today that you sometimes find frustrating. Two, mentally rehearse. I want to do this activity, but also I want to keep my cool by accepting what happens or something similar. Step three, finally, imagine yourself behaving calmly in the situation. Before going to the gym, Amara might briefly envision a common annoyance she has previously encountered, such as the guy doing bicep curls in the squat rack. She can practice some at-hand phrases to help her gain control, like, I'm here to work out, and it's just as importantly that I keep my cool. And then mentally rehearse calmly asking the guy to do his curls elsewhere. Note that accepting something doesn't mean being a pushover. Amara can take the same action as she would otherwise would have, but without being upset in the process. We suggest doing this exercise in the morning. Look at your day ahead, think about what parts of the day may be frustrating, and then try to exercise. Alternatively, you can practice this immediately before entering a possibly stressful situation. Note down the tasks you are likely to encounter. Why do it? Research has shown that mental rehearsal can activate pathways in the brain that are similar to actually performing the task. This mental exercise can both help manage stress and improve performance for a wide range of people, from healthcare trainees to athletes. By rehearsing adversities and your serene reaction to them, over time you will increase your likelihood of acting and behaving calmly. Weekly review. How did your first week practicing the discipline of action go? Did you find yourself acting and feeling more calm in response to adversity? Take some time to write about what worked and what didn't. So that's the end of our week 18 chapter on keeping your peace of mind in mind. And uh, reflecting upon this myself, you know, what to do here are three steps, you know, to visualize a task you're likely to encounter today that you sometimes find frustrating. Well, what I do is I mentally rehearse uh, some driving characteristics. Um, I commute every day and find uh, commuting very frustrating and a never-ending source of a method to practice my stoicism. So I deal with the people that are cutting me off. I deal with the people that are racing by me and slamming their brakes on. I deal with the people in a calmer way. Instead of lashing out or screaming out at these people, I simply find that uh, these people in these situations are outside of my control. There's nothing I can do to change it. All I can do is keep my peace of mind, keep my game uh, on track, uh, keep my car in my lane, and um, everything should be fine. You know, I can't control things that are outside of my control. It doesn't make me happy, uh, but at the end of the day, that's what this exercise is about. It's about keeping your calm when things don't make you happy, when things make you stressed, when things make you upset, when you want to lash out, you want to scream at somebody, you want to get revenge. You should just bite your tongue and reflect upon these things in a different way. And I'm finding this is helping me. My uh, stressful drives to work are becoming a whole lot less stressful and uh, I tend to arrive at work in a better frame of mind and uh, less white knuckle trips on the highway to and from work. So hopefully these steps in stoicism are helping you make gains within your life as well. We will uh, continue our adventure in stoicism uh, next week with week 19. Week 19's title is called Cut Out Busyness. We will learn more about that next week. Until then, stay stoic.